Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part five in our conversation. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and it's, I think, going back to the book that you mentioned at the beginning, the Jay Stringer book, Unwanted, it's the idea why just saying we should just stop it isn't helpful is because then you're, you're not really focusing on why you got there in the first place. Right. Because this is, and this is why I really, really love Jay Stringer's book is he talks about not avoiding the desire, but being curious about it. And what am I trying to fulfill? And I bet the next time any one of us has a desire to look at porn, you, if you have some compassionate curiosity around what it is and ask some really, um, curious questions about what is it that I'm missing? What is it that I'm wanting? I bet it's, I'm feeling lonely. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm, I feel um, unseen or misunderstood. So the, what, what is really interesting is if someone, you can beat yourself up about looking at porn or you can, or you can see it from the standpoint as God is trying to tell me something. And I'm trying to meet a need, which is healthy, but I'm meeting it with something inappropriate or unwanted. Well, and it's preservation versus, mm -hmm. yeah, trying to, you know, find it in community or find it in Christ or find it in, um, yeah, yeah, it's self-preservation. Yeah, and the solution, like, so like, we just need to pray about it. Well, that, yeah, that's true. We do, but there's more to it. Like, Usually if you're lonely, then like seek somebody out, call someone, text somebody. If you're hungry or tired, like find something healthy to eat. Find, find a, like take a nap away from your phone. Mm -hmm. Like there's things that your body is needing and desiring and they're not bad. Like that's the crazy thing where we've kind of distorted this view about sexuality because we don't want to talk about it because it's scary for a lot of us. But like, again, sex is like the best thing in the world. So why avoid it? So that doesn't mean we should just have, we should lean into our sexual desire and do whatever it is that we want, but we need to know what is it that we're actually wanting at that time? Because yeah. I, I personally think that pornography is the lazy, selfish way out of loneliness because it's the result of pornography is one of the most vulnerable things we can do without any effort that's what we're wanting to be we're wanting to be vulnerable with somebody and not put in any effort yeah. without actually being vulnerable yeah we that probably needs to be a whole another we could i could spend so much time talking about porn um which sounds weird to say but like yeah, because the I mean, desire that's behind it is actually healthy. What sucks, though, is our desire is one of the greatest gifts God's given us. And pornography is so, man, it's so insidious because we think that we're actually, we're actually, um, dis- like we're, we're, we're living out our desire. But what pornography actually does that's so evil is it, it numbs us to our mm-hmm. desire. Yep. And it actually robs us and steals us of our desire. And I think that's one of the, one of the most, one of one of many of the insidious aspects of porn. But I think one of, one of the things relationally that happens 
with pornography, and we see it also with video game culture. There's actually a major correlation. It can even happen with sports and stuff, and I'm big on sports, but it's this idea of disassociation. I think sometimes what we do is, and I know we're bouncing around here, but like a lot of times when we go to porn or when we go to overeating or when we go to alcohol or when we go to drugs or when we go to like just binging sports or Netflix or video games is it's disassociating. It's, it's not wanting, we can't tolerate some of the uncomfortable emotions and situations of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so we disassociate, right? We numb, we, we run, we avoid those hard aspects of life. And as human beings, we're habitual, which means we tend to do things in patterns. And so like if as a young person, especially now that, you know, I'm a millennial and in my mid thirties and like, I grew up around video games. I'm not a gamer now for this reason, but like, you know, if I grew up, you know, if my parents were mad at me or if I had a bad day at school, if I just jumped on video games, that is a pattern of disassociation. Instead of going and talking to my parents or, go, or, you know, if you grew up in a home where your parents weren't present and there was just kind of a, you, you felt, you felt alone or maybe you were alone. We, in an effort to self-soothe and self-preserve, right? We disassociate. And then what ends up happening is later in life, well, guess what? That doesn't just go away. You continue to disassociate, but maybe now it's alcohol or maybe now it's pornography or maybe now it's even buying sex. Um, you know, the, the whole commercial sex industry, which again is a whole nother, um, you know, rabbit hole to, to go down. But um, I think a healthy, this kind of goes in, I actually just wrote a fourth point. So um, it's who is your community, mm. right? Who's your community? Because does your community, does the people around you embody what you want to become? Okay. Because if not, then find one that does. Thanks for listening to this episode of the relational recovery podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with part six on our conversation. We'll see you then.